Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome to or welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Um, It's so nice, isn't it? We had a high under 90 this week. And the nighttime lows are really pretty pleasant, a little humid, but our plants are going to be going crazy now. We're at warm enough temperatures to promote growth and cool nights, which is going to relieve the stress on the plant. And we should start seeing blooming. We should start seeing some of the plants being able to fruit again. Now, the question, of course, is going to be, do I do my springtime plants now? Well, the nighttime temperatures are all going to be pretty reasonable. So if you want to, you're probably okay getting seeds, getting new green starts, all your leafy vegetables, things like that, this is probably not a bad time to go ahead and get out there and get to it. Temperatures are more than reasonable for you to be out there. What's more, it's not too bad for the plants we have. Now, word of warning, we are getting some rain uh, today. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the weather radar, and there is some serious red radar headed our direction. Will it stay that red, or will it fade out? Will it get bigger? No idea. It looks like a pretty big blob at the moment. But then it kind of stops again. We don't see rain, any significant percentage of rain, even all the way until next weekend. But slightly cooler daytime highs and definitely cooler nighttime lows. There's one night here where they say it could be as low as 67 at night. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Doesn't that sound just lovely? So if you want to start it, go for it. Go for your uh, winter veggies, your fall vegetables. But you may still have to pay attention to your water. Let's go to the phone. This is Daryl. Daryl, what can I help you with? Yes. I have some amaryllis that are concentrated in a pot, and I need to transplant them. Um, I also have a banana tree that's in a 24-inch pot, and I want to transplant it to about a 40-inch pot. When should I do that? Should I wait till the spring? Um, Well, uh, what happens when you get freezing weather? What do you do to the banana? Well, usually it dies back, and then uh, I, I try to cover it as best I can, but it'll freeze and come back in the spring. 
you could, you could transplant the banana now. I mean, okay. if it's going to freeze and come back anyway, uh, you might as well let it get used to the new pot. Okay. Or you can wait since it's going to freeze back and you're going to cut it back and you'll get new growth. You could wait till spring. It's kind of an up to you situation here. As for the amaryllis, you can, let's see, we're probably three months away from a frost. So you could probably get away with moving those now, separating them, putting them in new pots, and uh, they should be okay now. Should I leave the, the leaves on it or cut them, cut them off and let them come back again or... I would leave the um, leaves on it. You got to remember, when you transplant a plant, you shock it. Some of yeah. the roots get broken. It's a new environment, yada, yada, yada. However, if it already has leaves, that means it has its biggest solar collectors it can have to collect, uh, you know, sunlight and convert it to food. So you may let it recover faster by leaving all those leaves on it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, yes. Now, my banana tree that's in a pot, I don't have really good soil. I was thinking about just putting it out in the flower bed somewhere, but I don't really have that good a soil where I live. Um do you think that it would, uh, do bananas do good in South Texas in the ground, just the regular ground? Um, where I live, the street I live in, live on, excuse me, a lot of my neighbors have banana trees, a lot of banana trees. Now, um, they take a beating in the cold weather, but they come back every year and they get pretty mm -hmm. big. And I know they have terrible soil. Um, yeah. I have terrible soil, and they're my neighbors. So right. you can do a banana here in Central Texas. A banana needs roughly eight, uh, 15, 15 consecutive months without a freeze for it to produce bananas for you. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing it just to have the banana leaves, yeah, they'll do okay here in Central Texas. You can always amend the soil a little bit if you transplant them into the ground. Okay. All right. Well, I sure thank you, and I enjoy your show. Thanks for the call, Daryl. Um, man, Brad, can you hang on? Because I don't have enough time left before I have to take a break to, to, to give your call enough uh attention so if you can hang on we're going to take a break at uh, uh 15 and and i will catch you on the other side of it to see what's going on this is gardening naturally on news radio klbj with host jeff ferris jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590 Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's head to the phone. This is Brad. Brad, what can I help you with? Good morning. We are uh, 
plan this, this morning to go out and spread some wildflower seed and um, that storm's coming through. And it just occurred to me, should we wait till after the storm and throw the seed? Because I'm afraid it might wash it away. <clears throat> you should be able to some extent anticipate if that's going to be a problem. Are you spreading these in an area that's got a slope to it? Yes. Yeah, I would wait till after this because it looks like it's going to be a pretty healthy downpour. And if you spread those seeds out now and you may wind up with uh, a band at the bottom of the slope where all these seeds collected. So hold out until after this rainstorm. Uh, the soil will be nice and damp, which will help the seeds get started. But wait till after the rain. Well, that's what I was thinking. Um, we were also going to spread just a very light, thin layer of, of dirt. Um, do you recommend that at all? or You are not hurting anything by doing that. But by thin, you have to understand a quarter of an inch, no more, if you're spreading some. You almost want to... Uh, you almost want to kind of like shake the soil, excuse me, shake your top cover over the soil and the seeds so it doesn't get too thick. But there's no, uh, you're not going to cause a problem doing that. Just don't overdo it. Did we put it down before the, the seed or after? You can put it down after. Okay. You can put the seed down. If you really want the seed to do well, Walk on it. Push the Walk seed. Walk on it, okay. Yeah, because that helps ensure that the seed has got good contact with the soil. Right. Now, if you had a lawn roller, that would be an easy way to do it, too. You don't need a million pounds of pressure, but just the fact of walking on top of where you put the seeds will help get them down to where the soil is and can improve the germination rate. Okay. Um, I've discovered last year um, to mix some sand. We have a whole bunch of seed, and we're going to use it as a hand spreader. So what I did was I mixed the seed with some sand, and it kind of helped distribute it better. Is that something you recommend, that's, or just putting the seed straight in the spreader? No, that's great. That's, that's actually a very good idea when you have a very small seed. That way you don't have a big blob in this spot and none over here. It helps distribute it very evenly. The sand does not get in the way of the germination, and it, it just makes it nice and even everywhere. So that's a really good idea to do. Great. All right. Well, we're on a mission. We're, we're so looking forward to fall and getting these wildflowers going and Looking forward well, to you a, may a be, lovely spring and hopefully a gentle winter. Well, and you may be able to spread them tomorrow. The, the storm should be gone by that time, so change uh, change your workout time to tomorrow. Okay, we'll <laughs> do. Well, today's my wife and uh, mine uh, 17th year anniversary. We met on Match.com, and one of the things we had in common was gardening. So we've had a lot of fun with that and have 
lots of gardens, flowers, and vegetables, and um, it, we're we're having fun with it, dealing with our new place, new location. We just built a house, also, so new soil, new relationship to the sun, and of course, dealing with 110 degrees for two months hasn't helped. Right, right. And for the record, Brad, I met my wife on Match, and gardening was one of our common interests. So I totally get what you're going through. Well, well, we're uh, we're celebrating, and we have always you've been a big part of our relationship too. You you saved our marriage, man. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I could be of help. Uh, have a gra- have a great weekend, y'all. Thanks. You too. Well, didn't think I was the only one, and apparently I wasn't. Um, listen, uh, I want to talk about something uh, because I got a text about it. Because of this rain you are going to probably see some things that haven't been out and around. We may get a sudden big flush of rain lilies. Beautiful. They love them. Great. Not a problem. But you also may get a big, big flush of mushrooms. Yeah. And the problem with that is they are not edible. Let me say that again. They are not edible. Now, I'm sure there are some real mycologists out there who will say, yeah, but this one is and this one is, and I don't care. They're not edible. I am never going to tell you that a mushroom's edible. I am not qualified to be able to identify and distinguish all the varieties that you can find. But I can tell you that the conditions are perfect for them to start showing up. The The best kind of mushroom appearance that I like is fairy rings. That happens a lot of times when you've cut down a tree and around where the root zone was, further out from the, the now cut down trunk, you will see mushrooms pop up in conditions like this. And what's going on is mushrooms are the fruiting body, the fruit of fungi. The fungus lives in the soil, it's down there doing its job. Remember, funguses tend to be saprophytic. That means they eat dead things. So they are decomposing the organic matter, just like they're supposed to, in the soil. And every once in a while, they reach a point where it's like, okay, uh, we need to produce some spores so that we can reproduce. And the mushrooms are how they do that. I think fairy rings look so cool. Um, and you know, you don't, you don't have to, uh, there's no human sacrifice involved to get a fairy ring there. If you see these, they are not edible. Like I said, I am never going to tell you 
that a particular mushroom is edible. I don't have the skill set or the knowledge to do that safely. And you shouldn't assume ever that is a bad thing to make the assumption that, oh, that mushroom, I can eat that mushroom. No, you can't, okay? Unless you planted it yourself. And yes, there are mushroom kits. You can purchase them and raise your own mushrooms. Portabellas, buttons, creminis, um, shiitakes. But not, not randomly picking them up out of the soil. Now, you may want to keep your pets from devouring them. And one thing that you can do that's really simple is walk over them, just kick them, knock them down so that the pet isn't going to try to eat them. They can make a pet sick. Um, so you, yeah, some of them can. And again, since I don't know which mushroom is which, I'm going to tell you that you shouldn't let your pet eat any mushrooms that it finds in the ground. That is not a good thing for it. Don't let that happen. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, bottom of the hour, we got to take a break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is so nice to have these cooler temperatures and some rain. <clears throat> it's not enough rain. Yeah, I'm greedy. I mean, I am grateful that I got an inch and two thirds, but it's not enough rain for us. We're still eight inches behind. And October is supposed to be a wetter month. We're not sure. We don't know what to expect. We are way behind in the amount of rain we should be receiving. So every drop is precious. We still have that drought going on and it's a just disastrous drought. It is an extreme drought level. Now, I haven't lived in Texas all my life. I've been here more than 30 years. And I've seen the extreme drought more than once. Don't want to see it again. That's the whole problem. We, we want to avoid that. So any rain we can get, we're going to take it. We're going to hope that we can get it to soak into the soil, that if it's going to rain, if it's going to rain, we hope that it's steady, gentle, not three inches of rain in three minutes. That would be horrid. It looks like there is a pretty heavy rain wave coming our way. Looking at the weather radar, it's all red. It is all red. And it looks like, depending on how fast it decides to be moving, it, it looks like 
um, there's a fair amount of rain coming. More is better. So long as we don't get, we don't get the flash flooding. Now, people have been asking about doing uh, wildflower seeds. One of the things you should consider before you run out there and throw out those wildflower seeds is what is the slope like of the place where you're going to put them? Because really heavy rain will wash them downhill. And instead of having an entire field of wildflower seeds, you may have a band of them at the bottom of the slope. So this is a situation where we need the rain. The rain will help those wildflower seeds, but it may be heavy enough rain that you want to hold out just a little bit yet before you decide uh, to toss them out there. Tomorrow will be a great day. The soil will be good and moist. We may have some sprinkles tomorrow, which will help a lot. But uh, take that into consideration. Heavy rain on a slope, you're going to wash stuff around. Now, it is corn gluten time. But that is another situation where let it rain now. Tomorrow, the, the, the soil, the turf, everything will still be damp. And as you spread your corn gluten, it will stick. You don't have to worry as much about it running downhill in the rain. But you may want to hold off today. You, you may want to hold off today in doing mass plantings, as in tossing out wildflower seeds and putting things down like corn gluten. I might even hold off on fertilizer because I wanted to fertilize my yard, not my neighbor's yard. Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with? Morning, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I got a question about the potting soil that I'm making. Uh, I wanted to run it by you and see well, what you thought. Um, Elaine Ingham, uh, in her fifth edition, says we need to use from 30 to 50% compost in our uh, potting soils for vegetables and then the rest either core or, or peat. So I've been building a 50-50 mix of uh, nature's creation compost and, and peat moss with uh, a good amount of perlite in there. And I was wondering if uh, I'm going in the right direction with that. You know, James, that sounds like a really good blend. And I like the fact that we're starting to recognize we need more organic matter in our mixes because that's what we're so short of in especially Texas soils. The only thing, and this is, you've got good material there. The only thing is peat is not the most sustainable product there is. There is no peat grown in the U.S., you get it from places like Canada or New Zealand. And that means it carries a pretty heavy cost with it just to get it to you. 
And the coconut core is a waste product. So you're getting, it's environmentally a little better bang for the buck. Does it work as well? I believe it does. The peat moss can make the soil very acidic. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that having to ship peat from Canada or New Zealand or anywhere but within the U.S., that just adds a cost that if I can avoid it, I try to. And that's where the coconut fiber, it works well. And because you can compress it and then expand it, they can uh, they get good value on its shipping. And it's a waste product. It's leftover from the coconut processing. So your peat is wonderful. That, that, that's a great blend. I just try to avoid the peat by using the core. Okay, well, thanks for your uh, uh, critique on that. I appreciate it. Uh, you were talking about uh, the deficit of the rains around here, and uh, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but aren't we 20 inches uh, below uh, average from last year? Um, well, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, and... <laughs> Normally, I would agree with you, except when they do rainfall measurements, it's over a calendar year. So, yeah, we could have ended last year 10 inches down, and then we're now 8 to 10 inches down now. Doesn't that make us 20 inches behind? I would say, well, yeah. 20, about two foot is where I've got it figured. They, I agree, but... That's not how the meteorologists measure it. And I don't think that's right. I, I think they should have a floating scale, meaning measure the rain for a year on the next day, measure for a year, the next day measure for a year, and have a constant floating average of how much rain we've had in the last 12 months. I think that gives us more information because saying that we're eight inches behind right now is true for this year, but we've been behind for years. So yes, how do sir. we take that into account? Okay. Well, thanks for your thoughts on, uh, on the drought. I sure appreciate your show. Thanks for the call, James. Uh, yeah, folks, it's hard to measure the rain like that. We need to measure in longer terms, or we need a floating scale so that we know how much rain have we had today for the last 12 months. They don't ask me, that's all right. Folks, uh, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Storms headed this way. Okay, if you can look at a weather radar, it looks like uh, 
pretty healthy band of storms out around Lampasas and Marble Falls down to Fredericksburg, heading um, heading east here. Looks like a fairly wide band, too, of heavy rain. That's good because we need the water. That's bad because if it's really heavy rain, we have to worry about things like flash flooding. So you got a couple of hours, maybe. So you may want to prepare. Um, could be a breeze. Watch your lawn furniture. Could have high winds with it. And you definitely don't want to see your lawn furniture heading down the street without you. Now, this rain, the best thing about rain is it's acidic. It's about a 5.758 pH, which is wonderful because our soils are so alkaline. Our soils can be an 8.0 pretty easily. So one of the things you're going to see, and it's quite striking, if you have any plants left, if you have any turf, especially turf, that's still somewhat green, um, one of the things you're going to notice is that getting rain is going to cause it to be very, very green, very green. And that's because the nutrients your turf needs to grow, to be happy and really do, do well, is more available, more available, the more acidic it is. That's one of the things about iron. It's really hard for a plant to take up iron because it's not real soluble. But when we get more acidic, there are lots of little critters in that acidic soil, even in that little bit of rain, that can take that iron and break it down and make it a soluble so that your turf can get it. We have plenty of iron in our soil. We really do. We have a ton of iron in our soil. The problem is, is it's not in a form, it's not in a form that the plants can use, which is really frustrating. So you'll notice that when you're watering your turf grasses, with city water, which is very high quality water, but it's not a very low pH. It's a seven. They try hard to make it seven. When we get rain and you get that inch of rain that's much more acidic, the next day your, your turf just has a pop to it. It's a different kind of green. It's vibrant. It, it, it almost glows. Now, I was looking forward to that with the rain coming, except the problem I have is I actually have to have some live turf. Yeah, I, I don't have any either. I've got nothing but a brown front yard 
And uh, not a lot I can do about it. I have too much ground to be watering. I have an acre. I am not going to water an acre. And you shouldn't either. To have an acre of St. Augustine, I don't care how much water you have. That's just not very friendly for the environment. But you will see everything. All of your plants. Rain will make them pop. They will be a richer green than you have seen all summer, no matter how much you watered them. So that's part of the problem we have here. The acidity, the alkalinity of the soil is hard to overcome. There's no such thing as putting in lots and lots and lots of products to try to lower it. The only thing that will work is to make sure it's got plenty of organic matter because all the little critters in the soil from the bacteria to the fungi to the springtails to the um, pill bugs, all of them, they break the soil down with what's called an enzyme. And enzymes are very acidic. So the more of this that's going on in the soil, the more enzymes you get, the more acidic the soil becomes. That's the only true way to change the pH of your soil, to do it permanently and get the best benefit out of it. But we get a big push, a lot of help from this rain. We get enough rain, an inch of rain is perfect, It'll be acidic, and all of your plants will be like, oh, wow, this is the real deal. You'll see them really brighten up and be greener than they've been in a very long time, even though you may water them on a good schedule. The acidity of the rain is really going to make a difference for us, folks, and I hope you all get to enjoy it. Uh, No flash flooding. And looking at the radar, we've got some coming. You should probably be prepared for it. But it looks good. You know, tomorrow, I'll be back at 8 o'clock, and we'll have to talk about what happened this afternoon in terms of this rain that's coming through here. Hopefully, it will be enough to really help us break the drought. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I will talk to you again tomorrow morning.